0: I want to talk today about what it means to be rooted in God's Word. Our text today will be 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. Recent survey taken: 81% of Christians in the church identified the months of June, July, and August as the driest months spiritually. It's typically in these months of summer when we begin to break our normal routines and habits that it tends to be the habit of going to church weekly and reading God's Word daily tends to be broken. And I want us, as we're entering into summer, to be reminded of the importance of what it means to be rooted and grounded to the very Word of God For over a year now, we've been looking at a sermon series entitled, God's Story, Our Story, and every week, looking at the story of God as it's found and unfolds, beginning in Genesis and eventually ending in Revelation. But I want to take a pause this day to talk about that story in particular, the story that is to ground our lives as the people of God, and as we move into the summer, a reminder of the foundation, purpose, and power of the very Word of God in our lives. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul is nearing the end of his life and he's writing to a young pastor by the name of Timothy. Timothy is a pastor in a culturally chaotic time in the history of the world. In the first century, he's the pastor of a church in Ephesus and Paul, as he's nearing the end of his life, reminds Timothy that there is one thing and one thing alone in which needs your, li- your life needs to be grounded and founded upon. There is one thing and one thing alone in which you need as a man of God and in the context of your ministry and in and through the Christian life. What does it mean to be rooted in the word of god 2nd timothy chapter 3 verses 14 through 17 this is the very word of god but as for you continue in what you've learned and firmly believed knowing from whom you've learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus all scripture is breathed out by god and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And on this Lord's day, the grass withers, the flower fades. For the word of our Lord, it stands forever. Amen. In high school, my favorite race to run and track was the 4x100 relay. Yes, your pastor actually had some speed back in the day. And running the 4x1 relay was by far the most exciting race, in my opinion. And my junior year of high school, we had a great team. And we had a great relay team in particular. And without a shadow of a doubt, we knew we were well on our way to the state championship. It was the district qualifier my junior year, and looking at the other times of the other schools and the other relay teams, we knew that we would at least place third and be well on our way to the regional championship. And so we get to the day of the district qualifier, the district championship qualifying for regionals, and the race starts, I always was the second leg in the four by one relay, and As we're running the race, I am looking around the track and saying, We've got this. We might actually place first. Do you know we didn't even qualify? We came in dead last. Somebody dropped the baton. We can't afford, as the people of God, to drop the baton. We, as a church, need to do everything possible to ensure that we pass along the baton of faith to the next generation. A faith that is grounded and rooted in the very word of God. We cannot afford in this cultural moment to drop that baton. So what does Paul teach us about the priority, the foundation, purpose, and the power of the very Word of God. The first thing I want to draw out of this passage for you this morning is the foundation of the Word. The foundation of the Word, as Paul is writing this letter to a young pastor, Timothy, what does he say in verse 14 and 15? He says, this Word, continue in it, As you've learned and have firmly believed and learned, and in verse 15, you've learned it, and how from childhood it says you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. What is Paul saying to Timothy? Timothy, as hard as life is right now, as hard as this cultural moment is right now, do not be deceived that you need another word. Do not be deceived that you need another strategy. Do not be deceived that you need another scheme. He says, Timothy, from childhood, you have, your life has been founded and grounded on this one word, the very word of God. Now, Paul is obviously referring to his childhood, but what childhood? If you go back to chapter 1 of 2 Timothy and verse 5, Paul reminds him of two women that played an important role in his life, Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and Timothy's mother, Eunice. In chapter 1, verse 5, he says, You grew up in a home with a grandmother and a mother who loved Jesus and pointed you to the word. Don't leave it right now. And oh, how we are tempted when the storms come crashing in, when life gets hard, when distractions come in. How easily tempted are we as the people of God? To abandon the truth of God's word in which our lives are founded upon and come up with a new scheme, a new strategy, and a new plan. And it is my prayer this morning that you are reminded again. That, regardless of how difficult life is, regardless of how challenging this cultural moment is, we don't need another plan. We don't need another strategy as the people of God. We need to be reminded that there is one, as we sang earlier, one and only one firm foundation. Parents and grandparents, what are we doing to lay this foundation in the lives of our children and our children's children? We teach them how to brush their teeth. We teach them how to go to the bathroom. Are we teaching them how to read and open up God's Word on a regular basis, that there is only one rule of faith and practice in which they are to live their lives founded and grounded on the Word of God? What habits are we personally developing in our lives? We all have habits, whether we like to admit it or not. Some of us have the habit of reaching for our phones first thing in the morning. When was the last time we practiced the habit of digging deep into God's word, saying it is God's word alone that is the foundation of my life? Reading daily, meditating on God's word, reading God's word on a regular basis, realizing there is only one firm foundation in my life. We wanna be a church that passes on this great legacy of faith as it's found in God's word so that we have parents and grandparents. And whether your house is full right now, you're an empty nester, or maybe you've never had children, you can see week after week that we have more children here than you know what to do with. These are your children. What are you doing as a church to invest in the next generation, to raise up children that love God's word more than anything else In this world, we need to be reminded as the people of God that we have one firm foundation, the foundation of the very word of God. The second thing I want to draw out of this passage from Paul is the purpose of the word. You know, we often read the scriptures, we read the word of God and we wonder, what is this all about? There might be some of you here today or maybe watching at home, you're new to the faith and you you get through Genesis and Exodus and you get to books like Leviticus and Numbers and you're absolutely lost. You read all of the stories and you forget the names of the kings and the prophets and the patriarchs and the judges and the priests and you wonder you're absolutely lost as you're navigating through all of the stories. But Paul does something so helpful for us The second half of verse 15, he tells us what the purpose of the scripture is. In verse 15, he says, From a childhood, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation in faith in Jesus Christ. There it is. The purpose of the word of God is to point you to Jesus Christ. The purpose of the word of God is that you would understand the story of salvation from beginning to end, so that we don't have to be lost as we're navigating the word of God. That from the very beginning, we read about a God who created us in his image, but then we read quickly in the scriptures of image bearers who resist wanting to live under the authority of God, and we rebel against God in the fall, but that God does everything possible to promise his people from one generation to the next that he will not stop, that he will be relentless in his pursuit, and all of the promises in the Old Testament point to a future salvation, a future rescuer, And when we get to the New Testament, we read about the fulfillment of all of the promises. Yes, the one story of the Bible is to ultimately point us to Jesus Christ. You see, we need to understand that the purpose and the main character of Scripture is not us. We are not the main theme of Scripture the main character of Scripture is Jesus Christ. And you should be reading the Word of God from beginning to end, looking for Jesus as He's promised in the Old Testament and as His promises are fulfilled in the New Testament. Paul says, this is the purpose, to make you wise for salvation in Jesus Christ. Asking yourselves in study of God's word, what is God telling me about his commitment to rescue me and save me and sanctify me and sustain me? The primary purpose of the word of God is to remind us of what Christ has done for us on the cross of Calvary and how he will carry you to the very end. This is why we are sold out and committed to the word of God here at Coal Ridge. Because I never want you to come here on Sunday morning just to hear music. God forbid you come here just to hear me. I want you to come here to Coal Ridge because I want you to see Jesus. I want you to hear Jesus. I want Jesus to be jumping out from the music. I want Jesus to be jumping out from the pages of scripture. That's why we're sold out and committed to nothing more, nothing less. preaching the very Word of God which makes us wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ it is the purpose of the Word of God to point us to something more to point us to something greater to point us to something larger than what is right in front of us that there is a rescuer and his name is Jesus and he rescues us and saves us and sustains us to the very end sir would we see Jesus third We not only are reminded by Paul about the foundation of the Word of God, not only reminded of the purpose of the Word of God, but we're thirdly reminded by Paul of the power, the very power of the Word of God. In verse 16 and 17, Paul makes a quite audacious statement. He says, all Scripture, all means all, and he says all Scripture is breathed out by God, This is what theologians have called the inspiration of the scriptures. We do not believe that the the Bible is merely a book of antiquity. We do not believe that the the Bible is just simply a book full of stories. We do not believe that the Bible is made up of words of mere mortals. We don't even believe that the Bible contains the word of God. A very important distinction. We believe that the Bible is literally Word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that it is infallible, it is inerrant, every portion of Scripture breathed out by God. That is what makes the Word of God so powerful because it is the very Word of God. And let me say that there is no other world religion or philosophy that can make this claim You can search far and wide you will never find with the exception of Christianity that makes this audacious claim that our book is the very word of God and it's what makes it powerful because it means that it is the final authority in our lives thus saith the Lord when God speaks It is final. It is what makes the word of God so powerful because it is the final authority in our lives. And oh, how we need to be reminded of this. We live in a cultural moment that says that you are the final authority. So you can decide matters of right and wrong. You can decide what is true and what is false. You can decide on issues regarding gender and sexuality. You can decide... And the word of God says, no, there is an authority and he has spoken and his word is final, period. This is the power of the word of God, that we live under an authority and it is beyond us. It is the infallible, inerrant, inspired word of the living God. But it also is not powerful because it is authoritative. It is powerful because it has the power to change us and transform us. What does he say? He says it's profitable, in verse 16, for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, Paul is describing the transformation that happens in the life of a believer, the powerful transformation that happens over time as we discover what it means to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. He's describing the full salvation process, that it is the power to rescue us, it is the power to justify us, it is the power to sanctify us and lead us into glory. This is the power of the word of God, the power to call us out of death and into life, the power to that at one point we were blind but now we see. It has the power alone to rescue and to save. How? What was the last time God spoke? When we speaks in his word. When do we see God speaking in the Bible? We see God speaking all throughout the prophets. He speaks life into people all throughout the Old Testament and all throughout the prophets. God speaks to them and brings life out of death. But where's the first time we see it in the Bible? We see it in the story of creation. In the story of creation, in the abyss, in the darkness, in the midst of nothing, it says that God speaks. And there is life that is the power of the Word of God and when we are saved and when we are rescued it is the very Word of God speaking to our weary souls and just as God brought life out of death and creation when the Word of God speaks to you and may be speaking to you for the first time this morning it has the power to bring death life out of death You see, the Bible doesn't tell us that we're sick. The Bible tells us that we are dead in our sins and our transgressions and that we have nothing by our own power to rescue and save ourselves. In fact, it says we have no hope of being saved and being brought from death to life apart from the word that was made flesh, Jesus Christ himself. You see, if you've ever wondered what is this story of God about, if you've ever wondered what is the word of God about, it is about this incredible story of God ultimately coming down in the person of Jesus Christ and suffering the death that you should have suffered and taking our sin and our shame and our transgressions that lead to death And not even being spared by God the Father so that your life would be spared forever. Do you know that, God? Do you know that story? Maybe you've rejected the Bible and maybe you have written off God and I want to ask you, have you ever considered what you've written off? Have you ever actually considered what you've rejected? How could you ever reject a story like this? How could you ever reject such a great salvation? Because Paul, the same Paul that writes to Timothy, makes this promise. If you simply confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Through Jesus, the Word made flesh, you can be brought from death to life a life that was once blind and lost, and now that you can be found and you can see for the very first time, I would invite you to receive this Jesus. Accept this God. Accept this salvation freely today by faith alone. And know the glorious story, the good news of Jesus Christ, that we are called as people to be rooted in a book that tells us about a God, That is forever rooted to us, grounded, anchored by the God who did everything, not even willing to spare his own son, so that he could forever be with us in a relationship. Mike Plant, back in the 1980s, was a world renowned sailor. In 1992, he purchased a 60 foot racing sailboat. It was his ambition and his dream to sail around the world nonstop. He bought a 60-foot racing sailboat by the name of Coyote. And he left in 1992 from New York Harbor to sail across the Atlantic to France, which would be the starting point of the race. Eight days out to sea, he was missing. Crews searched for him Finally, 32 days into the search, they finally discovered the sailboat. Michael Plant would never be seen again. As the U.S. Coast Guard began to investigate what happened and how could this world-renowned sailor be lost, and how could this world-renowned sailor not anticipate the storms that he was about to enter into, they began to investigate the sailboat, and this is what they found. The sails were still intact. The rudders were still operational, the hull was still in place, and finally they found the missing piece, literally missing 8,000 pounds of ballast, missing from the boat. The one thing that can keep a boat stable, regardless of the storm, the one thing needed to keep a boat upright. Regardless of the waters and regardless of the wind and the waves, the one thing needed, missing. Listen, ballast is to a boat as the word of God is to your soul and to your life. And you will drift, drift to ruin if your life is not rooted and grounded in the word of God alone. Just tour the cathedrals of Western Europe Look at churches and denominations that adrift and abandon the word of God. Those churches are simply museums. Those denominations are a thing and a relic of the past. Root and ground your life in the word of God. More personally, look at a person's life when they begin to drift. A life of utter ruin and chaos. We need to be a church and a people with one firm foundation rooted in the word of God. So that regardless of the season, regardless of the chaos, regardless of the winds and the storms of life, we know that our lives are grounded because we are an amazingly impressionable people, willing to go wherever the wind takes us, but not if our lives are grounded and rooted in something that is unshakable and grounded forever. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Let's pray. Father, the winds are strong. For some of us, the winds are so strong it is overwhelming and unbearable. But I thank you for the promise that through your word we can have an anchor in which we can be rooted to. Thank you for the grace of Jesus Christ that though our hearts are prone to wander, you will never let us go. We have a rock to stand on. But Lord, I want to pray for those right now that maybe are running through this life, being tossed, wavering, drifting, overwhelmed, and maybe their entire lives they have been searching for rescue, searching for hope, searching for some way out, trying to fix their lives by their own power and by their own strength. And I pray that today would be the day Their eyes would be opened. And they would understand the story of God's word for the first time. That's the story of God coming down to rescue them, to do for them what they could never do for themselves. And that they would cry out to you right here at Coral Ridge or maybe watching at home and say, Jesus, I need your salvation. Jesus, I need your rescue. Would you forgive me of my sins? And cleanse me, save me, make me new, change me, and transform me forever. I, wanted to be, I want to be rooted. I need to be rooted and grounded. And I pray that I be rooted and grounded to you as I discover this great and glorious message in your word. Would you change me and transform me? Today I become a child, a follower of Jesus Christ. For those that know Jesus this morning, I pray that you would fill us with grace and wisdom. Would we live our lives with one firm foundation, the solid rock, the solid rock of Jesus Christ as it's found in your word? Would you speak your word into our weary souls? And just as you breathe life into an empty and void world, Lord. And you brought about life. You brought about creation. Would you continue to preach your word through the power of the Holy Spirit to us, weary sinners? Bring life into areas of darkness. Bring life into areas of weariness and brokenness. Bring life into areas of doubt. May we be a church that's known for one thing, a church rooted, anchored, grounded, to the very word of God and the word of God alone. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.